Inflation and higher interest rates have taken a toll on home sales. But does that mean prices are coming down? Hi, I'm Rob West. Home sales could drop even further as we head into the winter doldrums, when prospective buyers tend to thin out. So is this a good time to buy? I'll talk about all the state of the housing market today with Dale Vermillion. Then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Well, our guest, Dale Vermillion, is the author of The Mortgage Maze, The Simple Truth About Financing Your Home, and I might add to that title, From a Biblical Perspective. He's a good friend and brother in Christ, and Dale, it's always great to have you on the program. It's a blessing to be here, Rob. Thanks so much, and uh, Happy New Year. And Happy New Year to you, my friend. Uh, Dale, since the last time we talked, which I think was September, mortgage rates have occasionally dropped a tick. Does that mean perhaps we've seen their peak at this point? You know, I, I think we really have. Um, with, with with everything changing in the market, with inflation starting to taper down a little bit, with the economy getting a little bit more stable, um, you know, as I've mentioned in the past, the, the Fed rate is not what drives mortgage interest rates. Inflation predominantly drives that in the bond market, and those have been improving. So I think we've seen the worst of it, and I think we're going to see stabilization this year and even a reduction toward the end of next year. Yeah, very good. Uh, what might be causing mortgage rates to level off if they are, Dale? I think you hit on a few of them. Well, it's really inflation numbers is number one. As we see inflation improve, we're going to see interest rates improve on mortgages. It's consumer price index. As that improves, we see uh, changes there. It's really all of the key indicators that the government looks at that drive it. But again, inflation and the bond market and the bond market is pretty much controlled by inflation are the main drivers that will drive mortgage rates down. All right. Let's talk about home sales, though. Are the numbers continuing to decline there? They are. We actually saw that pending home sales fell in November to the second lowest on record. Um, in fact, the National Association of Realtors Index of Contract Signings on Purchase Homes, which they do regularly, um, actually decreased to the lowest outside of the pandemic data back to 2001. So we're seeing a drop in sales. Um, you know, houses sat in uh, in the month of December for 40 days before going under contract. That compares to 18 days back in May. That's wow. a pretty big difference. And the total number of properties available for purchase was up by 18%. Now, that seems contradictory, but it's actually not. So properties available are greater to consumers today who are buying yeah. because there's less buyers in the market, even though the housing prices are going down. So there's actually some good news that's hidden in there for those that are looking to buy a home. And we did see new inventory tumble by 21.6% from last year. That's a big, mm. big drop. And home touring activity was actually down 69% from uh, the start of last year. So we've seen a pretty big decline happening overall about 4% in price drops, but we're seeing that start to happen. Interesting. Okay, so a pretty big pivot from a raging seller's market to perhaps a buyer's market, uh, just based on what you're describing here. Uh, You said we're starting to see prices come down. Do you think that's going to continue if home sales are continuing to slow? 
It will. We've already seen prices fall in 17 of the 50 most populous metros through uh, December 25th of last year. And uh, really what we're seeing is prices are flat right now. They're not actually declining. They're staying kind of flat right now. But we do anticipate because of all that's happening with inventory and all that's happening within the purchase market that we are going to see price values start to drop a little bit more in 2023 um, and probably level off by the end of the year again. It's, it's kind of the estimates that we're seeing out there today. So a listener, Dale, who has some flexibility, they have the ability to wait on making that next home purchase. Uh, would you advise them to do so just given some of the uncertainty around a potential recession and other factors? So here's the craziest thing about that, Rob. Even though we're seeing prices drop, there actually may be a really good reason to buy. And after the break, I'll give you six reasons why. Okay, we'll take it. We're going to head into a break. Dale Vermillion with us today, author of The Mortgage Maze, The Simple Truth About Financing Your Home. Is now the time to buy if you're looking to do so? Perhaps it is. Dale will give us more on that. Plus, what about if you're selling? What do you need to know and what biblical principles apply to all of this? This is Faith and Finance. We'll be right back. Forty-five thousand. That's how many times Faith and Finance referred a listener to a certified kingdom advisor last year. And for good reason. These are trusted financial, legal, and accounting professionals who have completed a rigorous certification program to ensure biblically wise financial advice as part of their practice. You can find a local CKA professional in your area by going to faithfi.com and clicking on the Find a CKA button on the homepage. We are grateful for support from One Ascent Investments on the MoneyWise program. They manage a comprehensive suite of value-based investment strategies designed to help Christian investors live aligned with what they value most. One Ascent believes that if your values inspire the way you live, they should also inspire the way you invest. This can be a unique form of worship. More information is available at investments.oneascent.com. That web address is investments.oneascent.com. Great to have you with us today on Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West, your host. Joining me today, Dale Vermillion, my good friend and author of The Mortgage Maze, The Simple Truth About Financing Your Home. You ever wonder who teaches the mortgage brokers? Well, Dale has taught literally hundreds of thousands of them over his career. He's the authority on this topic, and he takes all of his cues from God's Word, so we're always delighted when he stops by to give us an update on the mortgage and the housing market, and that's just what he's doing today. Just before the break, you were saying, despite even perhaps a continued cooling in the housing market over the balance of the year, this might be a good time to buy if you're in the market for a new home. And there were several reasons you had for that. Uh, Share those with us. Yeah, so, you know, part of that is the location you're in. Obviously, if you get in a location where there's major drops in value, it may not be the time, but we're not seeing that yet. Like I said, we're seeing more of a flattening. And look, there's six things that are happening that are benefiting buyers today. You mentioned a moment ago, Robin, you're dead right. It's a buyer's market for the first time in a long time. And the first reason is because there's just a lot less competition. There's a lot of people back out of the market. You think back to, you know, early 2021 when the market was red hot. Rates were super low, but there was 90 people bidding on a house. Today, you might have two or three or five. 
you have a better chance of getting home. Second, the listing prices are lower because of the drops in value. So you might pay a little higher rate, but that's offset by a lower listing price and a lower cost. And there's not bidding wars. We're not seeing those right now. That makes a big difference in the ultimate cost. So you have better negotiating power today. But here's the real big one, Rob. There there is now, again, access to seller concessions for buyers where you can get the seller to uh, pay for your closing costs or pay for an interest rate buy-down. And builders are also providing concessions. And there's also massive tax advantages right now because the interest rates are higher. You actually gain a lot of tax benefits that offset some of your cost for the payment. So those six reasons really can work to your benefit in today's marketplace. Uh, Really interesting, Dale. Uh, Obviously, good news for those folks who are ready to move into this market, knowing that uh, there may be more favorable conditions out there. Is it possible even to look at something like a contingency uh, on a uh, sale of an existing home, or is that perhaps stretching this a bit too far? No, those are actually back. So, you know, there was a point where VA offers were not being looked at. FHA offers were not being looked at. Those are standard again. Now, seller concessions as well as concessions for selling a home, those are back again. Again, it's going to put you in a lesser position than somebody who doesn't have that contingency. But you know what? They are being accepted today because there's a lot less buyers in the market. So you're in a much better position as a buyer now than you were by far in 2021. Dale, what about those folks who were worried that we were in a bubble situation? I mean, there's no doubt over the last decade, home prices have risen dramatically uh, since the Great Recession. And some folks were saying, I think we could be in for a bursting of this bubble. Uh, You're not seeing that, are you? We're not seeing that yet. Now, look, there's an old saying that we all know that says what goes up must come down and what goes up bigger must come down bigger is generally the way that it works in the real estate market. But that's not necessarily true today. And here's the reason why, Rob. Work from home is having a major impact on where markets are holding value. So those places where people want to live and can work from home are holding their values better than those that are not. That's a major consideration. Um, So you just got to know your market and you got to know what your market's doing. And and what I believe is I don't think we're going to, we're definitely not going to see a national bubble. I don't believe we will see some regional bubbles in certain markets where maybe it's not as appealing to be there. Okay. That's all really helpful, Dale. All right. What if you're thinking about selling a home? Is this still a great time to sell? It really depends on the situation you're in. I mean, look, we know that values were way or sky high last year. They've come down to more normal numbers. I think they're going to keep going down for the rest of this year, and uh, predictions are even in 2024. So I think you're still in a good position to sell right now. Now, you, you've got to be wide-eyed to that and understand you're not going to get the kind of price you got in 2021. That's, that's yeah. all there is to it. But you got to look at your situation. you got to look at what your next plans are. If you're downgrading, it might make good sense to get in a lower payment. It really comes down to the particular situation you're in and the reasons why you're selling. If you're selling just for profit, this probably isn't the time to do it. But if you wait for values to go back up, you might be waiting a long time. So you really got to weigh those odds. Yeah. Dale, should someone who's buying a home at this point go into it thinking that they need to perhaps be willing to stay in that home, not three to five years, but maybe more like five to seven, just given some of the uncertainties that are out there moving forward? Absolutely. That that would be a great recommendation. 
You know, uh, Proverbs 27, 23 says, be sure you know the condition of your flocks, give careful attention to your herds. Well, you, you don't have to look far to see that this is an economy that we don't know when it's going to stabilize to the, to what we're used to. Might take two to three to four years. So I would say you want to be thinking on that longer side of five to seven to 10 years. All right. What about folks who are going in to buy right now? I know you said that concessions are back on the table, perhaps even contingencies, but folks who find a home that's a good fit for them don't want to lose it either. So how do you help them establish a true market value? Uh, is it okay to come in below the the offer price? And how do you navigate just the whole negotiation process, given that we're in this transition from a seller to a buyer's market? Yeah, so the, the average has dropped now to about 98.6% of listing prices that homes okay. are selling for. Um, so that's what, again, denotes it as a buyer's market. And look, what you have to look at is activity in your marketplace. So yeah. if a home has very little activity and it's been sitting there for a while, then obviously the chances are going to be much better that you can be a little bit more aggressive on your offer. The seller's going to be a little bit more open to listening to an offer because they may be overpriced on that, and that's why they're not getting activity. So activity is a key thing to look at when you're making this determination. And then, of course, prayer. Just pray yeah. and make sure you're within your budget. We talk, you, know, you talk about this all the time, Rob, and it's the most important thing you got to do is know what your situation is and what you can afford and don't go past that number. Yeah. And if you haven't recalculated the amount of the mortgage since rates have risen, you may need to take another look at that, right, Dale, because the cost of ownership has gone way up with these higher rates. That's exactly right. And, and you got to look at your insurance costs, which have also increased dramatically. Tax costs have increased in a lot of markets around the country. So make sure you've got the most up-to-date information so you're really wise when you're going into that. All right. If we want to be faithful as stewards, Dale, and we look to God's Word, what can we pull out of Scripture that can just really give us a maybe a guiding principle or theme that we should be considering as we go into this largest transaction most of us will ever have? You know, I'll give you two of my favorite verses on this. Proverbs 24, 3 says, By wisdom, a house is built, and through understanding, it's established. You want to really do your homework. You want to know your marketplace. You want to understand the facts like we've talked about today. And then Proverbs uh, twenty or fifteen twenty two says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Get good counsel and advice. Get people that you can trust that will guide you through the process of buying a home, whether that's a realtor you're working with or a loan officer. Make sure they're people that you trust. And, you know, you might want to start in your own community, your own church. Might be a good place to begin. Very good. Dale, my friend, always great to have you stop by. And I know we'll be checking in with you throughout the year to get further updates. But God bless you, my friend, and thanks for your time today. Love you, my friend. God bless you, and have a happy New Year. All right, and same to you. That's Dale Vermillion. He's the author of The Mortgage Maze, The Simple Truth About Financing Your Home. Always great to have Dale on the program. All right, your calls are next, 800-525-7000. We're going to take a quick break, but back with more after this. Stick around. God's Word is packed with life-changing wisdom about your finances. And Faith and Finance is here to help you and many others to be wise stewards of God's resources. We rely on help from Faith and Finance patrons, supporters of this mission, to help us continue and expand our outreach. 
please consider becoming a monthly faith and finance patron. Visit faithfi.com and click give on the homepage. My name is Kent and I'm a member of Christian Healthcare Ministries. I have a friend who actually has great insurance and she recently had a a life-threatening experience and she was laying in the hospital bed afraid, not afraid for her life, but afraid of what her insurance would or would not cover. And as a CHM member, I can honestly say I just never have that fear. I can't tell you the, the peace of mind that provides. Learn more about Christian Healthcare Ministries' biblical cost sharing at chministries.org. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. Hey, check out our new website, faithfi.com. That's faithfi.com. And download the brand new FaithFi app in your app store. All right, back to the phones we go. St. Cloud, Minnesota. Jeanette, thank you for calling. Go right ahead. I just turned 55 in October, and I plan on working until about 67 or 70. And I've never owned a house. I've always had the wanderlust, but recently I've been thinking of settling down. And I guess I'm just wondering, at this age, I mean, I'm hoping to be around for a while. Is it, you know, is it smart to think about purchasing a house, or should I continue to rent? I don't really feel like I'm throwing money away at rent, but yeah, I just wasn't sure what... Yeah, it's a great question, Jeanette, and it's one you need to, you know, think very carefully about and pray through. Um, you know, the benefit of home ownership is as long as you buy the right home that fits your budget and doesn't stretch you financially, obviously, as you make those payments every month, a portion of that would be building equity in that property such that you could either at some point pay it off uh, and you'd have an asset that could be sold or could be passed on uh, it's your death. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to, you know, buy a home you can't afford because if there's something that is going to cause you financial strain, a lot of times uh, a home is just that, trying to buy too much house, especially given what's happened with housing prices over the last decade. Uh, let me ask you this. Um, if you were to buy a house, do you have uh, something saved that you could use for a down payment that would not include your emergency fund? Not at this time. And I'm not sure. I mean, I'm looking more at a five-year timeline. I'm not necessarily talking, you know, within the next year. It's just that I've heard a lot of your calls. And at this age, a lot of people are, you know, oh, I want to pay off my mortgage. And I'm like, I haven't even had a mortgage. Should I even get to that point this late? Yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with having a mortgage this late. I think you just need to recognize that, uh, again, it's, you know, going to come down to, uh, what is the, you know, the cost that you're incurring, uh, you know, the, the amount you're spending every month in your budget. Can you keep that to something reasonable? And we would typically use, uh, you know, 25% of your take home pay as a rule of thumb for that, uh, whether that's rent or a mortgage. So as long as that number fits within your plan and you can cover that every month, then beyond that, the question is just really about the additional costs that you're incurring uh, by being a homeowner. You know, you've obviously got the property taxes and the homeowner's insurance. You've got to maintain it. Some of that, you know, is now going to be your burden as opposed to your landlord. Um, so you've got to just compare all of these factors. Now, you know, the fact that you would have a mortgage as you head into this next season of life in retirement is 
isn't concerning to me as long as it fits within the overall picture. And that picture needs to not only include the principal interest taxes and insurance payment, but the other costs as well that might be a bit higher than, you know, what you're spending right now for rent. If you do the math and kind of work your way through it and decide, you know what, I'm comfortable continuing to rent and it fits within my budget and it gives me a little bit more peace of mind that I'm not carrying this massive debt um, and I can rely on the homeowner to, you know, the landlord to do repairs and that kind of thing uh, or the apartment complex, whatever it might be, then, you know, there's nothing wrong and it gives you a bit more flexibility um, in that season of life as opposed to, you know, having a major asset that would have to be sold if you wanted to, let's say, move into a nursing home at some point or assisted living or something like that. So I don't think, you know, just because you're 55 you know, it should be an automatic no. I think the big question is, what would the mortgage be, principal interest, taxes, and insurance on that 160000 How does that compare to the rent that you're paying? And then what about those added costs that you don't currently have as a renter that you would have as a homeowner? Does all that make sense? It does. And I just wonder, and kind of from the opposite point of view then, does it feel like I'm because I wouldn't own a house if I chose not to, would I be throwing money away for the next 25 years because I'm choosing not to? Yes, I mean, there, there, there is a, a good case for even at 55, buying a home, I just would want to make sure you do it in the right way, meaning you, you're able to save for that down payment and you don't get yourself overextended with re- with regard to buying too much house and therefore when you look at the the mortgage payment plus the taxes and insurance plus the maintenance um you know that you are you know stretching yourself financially such that now you're going to have added stress um you know in this season of life that you don't currently have that would not be what I would want for you right right all right well so that I, helps I, a lot thank you so much for your your info you're welcome. Perhaps as a next step, Jeanette, given that this is several years off, maybe just start doing some research. You know, I think we're going to enter a period where the housing market is going to be flat to down. So I don't think we're going to see the big increases over the next few years. Uh, for, in fact, uh, for 2023, a lot of folks are expecting declines of somewhere between 4 and 6% in housing prices. So, you know, this is a good season for you to be thinking about it. Perhaps it's a time for you to go out and look and say, okay, if I were going to buy, where would I buy? And what am I looking for? And how much does that cost? And how much would I need to save? And how long would that take me? And then, you know, what would my mortgage payment be? And how does that compare to what I'm currently spending in rent? And if I were to set aside, you know, 1% a year of the property value for home maintenance, so that's $2,500 a year, 200 a month for a $250,000 home. If I add that in, how does that fit into my budget? And you could run some of these hypothetical scenarios just to see whether it would put you in a place that you're comfortable with or whether it would get you beyond that to the point where you say, you know what, I just don't think that's something I want to add right now. And and if that's the case, uh, then you could just continue on the way you have been. The other option is start saving like you're going to make the purchase and just see how it goes. And, you know, perhaps two or three years down the road, you've got twenty or thirty or $40,000 saved and you have the ability to either make that decision to proceed or not. So we'll ask the Lord to give you some wisdom on that, Jeanette, as you think and pray through that. We appreciate your call.
call today. Well, that's all our time for today. But before we go, I want to say thanks for spending time with us today. Thanks for your calls. Thank you for listening. And thanks for being a faithful supporter of this ministry. You know, beyond the broadcast, we have an entire team of contributors and web designers and media producers working each day to produce tools and content to help you become a better biblical money manager. And none of that work would be possible without your financial support. We offer a lot of it for free, and that's only because of the generous gifts from listeners like you. If you're not yet one of our financial partners but would like to be, would you visit our new website, faithfi.com? That's faithfi.com. Then click the Give button to sign up, and we'd certainly be grateful. In the meantime, please set a reminder on your phone and make plans to join us again next time. I'll be here, and I hope you will be too, for the next edition of Faith and Finance. We'll see you then. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you. 